You're listening to the podcast series Unplugged in St Kilda, where we're chatting to musicians who lived, jammed and gigged in the area during the 1970s, 80s and 90s. I'm Sally Moore and I'm taking on a musical journey to uncover how St Kilda played such a huge role in inspiring these artists and their creativity. It's an absolute pleasure to introduce my next guest. When Matt and Becky Thomas, the singing-songwriting sibling team, formed their band The Mavises in 1987 with some close friends, they saw it as a way of escaping their hometown, Ballarat. It only took them a few years to move to the Big Smoke, Melbourne, bringing their own brand of everything from blissful pop to raw, edgy punk rock. Their gorgeous harmonies and lyrics certainly won me over as a kid. My guest today certainly has a huge scope of experience playing the St Kilda live scene, in not just the Mavises, but also the Blow Waves, Video Video, and his own solo shows. And I love seeing his friendly face walking down the streets of St Kilda. So glad you could join me, Matt Dole Thomas. Thank you, Sally. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. <laughs> um, now, firstly, can you give us a brief summary of a musical career? Wow, where do I start? Well, as you said, yeah, we began playing our first shows in 1987. When we, I think we were all underage. I was the oldest. Um, and uh, pretty, I think we played our first gig in 1987 in Melbourne, which we could have, we sort of, this is the Mavises. Um, we drove down to Melbourne. I think someone had their licence. Um, so it might have been, must have been the year after maybe, 88 maybe, yeah. And we, we played this thing called Garage to Gig. I'm going right back now. Which was, um, these record company and industry people were, we were an example band of, of, um, of uh, like, um, what to do, like, and people, were, it was like a conference thing and we'd be played and then they'd critique us whether they'd give us a gig or not. And we just were kids, so we just went and sat outside after we played and this re- independent record company came up at Giggle Records and asked us to be on a cassette compilation tape. <laughs> so that kind of started everything. And then before we knew it, we were playing gigs in Melbourne, wheeling our stuff onto the train and shopping trolleys and... Um, and doing gigs, and then we continued our relationship with Giggle Records and did a compilation vinyl and then a CD, put out a, a first seven-inch single, and then sort of continued on doing independent stuff, um, releasing EPs through MDS, uh, uh, released two EPs. And then around 95, we got signed to Mushroom Records and continued. So it was a, a gradual kind of build-up every year if something was happening with the band, and uh, that was the thing with that, those days. It's sort of you could just um, naturally build yourself by playing shows and word of mouth and stuff like that. Yep. And so we kind of continued up and right up until 2000, and that was the end of the band, but yep. continued obviously making music and being creative. Yeah, great. <laughs> um, so when did you move to St Kilda? I moved to St Kilda in 1999. That was around the peak of the Mavis's <laughs> on the radio and video clips and stuff because I remember being followed home by um, kids, <laughs> which is kind of funny. But um, my sister had moved first, Becky. We was Fitzroy kid. We sort of moved from Ballarat to Fitzroy and that was like the musical sort of hub there. But there was also another thing happening in St Kilda. Yep. And so we uh, I wanted to be part of that. Becky said, yeah, move here. It's great. You know, there's, and the ocean obviously and different vibes so 99 yeah 99 and what else was good about St Kilda during when you first moved just the fact that um there was so many different things happening like uh even on the street 
like you'd sort of meet people, musicians, and they'd bring their guitars down on the street and play in like outside cafes you'd you'd meet. It was just a creative buzz. And also I liked the fact that there was there was like a nightclub scene happening as well and the two were intermingling. Oh, yep. And the friends were intermingling, so with the dance music scene, the rock scene sort of thing. So it was kind of like a 24-hour party really. Yep. <laughs> Um, yes, St Kilda must have been a polar opposite to where you grew up in Ballarat. Kind of. But the, the places where I hung out in Ballarat was also very, like the pubs. We were quite lucky. We had sort of really creative people and varied sort of backgrounds and music, bands playing all different sorts of music in Ballarat at certain pubs so that we learnt to play um, growing up in. And that was sort of happening as well in St Kilda. Um, actually, the first time, and that kind of continued on, the first time I went to St Kilda to see gigs when I was underage, there was like um, a mixture of bikies, showgirls. Yep. <laughs> like all sorts of... <laughs> all types. All types. And that was kind of what was happening in a mini scale in Ballarat in a way. Right. Like, okay. But I also remember playing like in the Prince of Wales and stuff like that. Um, there's a little bar upstairs. And again, that was that sort of crowd. So you, it was kind of a tough crowd, but a good crowd. Good crowd. Yeah. Yep. So you've been living in St Kilda for, for most of the time you've been in Melbourne or, yeah, or thereabouts? Yeah, a, a couple of times I've moved away back north north side and I've yep. moved to Ballarat for a year and a half um, around 2013, but just keep coming back. Keep coming back, yeah. yep. <laughs> and I bet you've seen some lots of changes over that time. Yeah, Fitzroy Street was like a mini King's Cross back in the day like yeah. with the excitement and, you know, the 24-7 clubs, bands, you know, and that's been through just a horrible, desolate time yep. over the last few years, which is heartbreaking to see. Um, again, venues, not as many venues. Um, there was venues of varying sizes that you could play at. Yeah. Which seemed to have gone, you know. Yeah, yeah. And you could play or watch bands most nights, most weeknights, couldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, every, every night of the week there's something happening, yeah. Um, could you tell us about any special buildings in St Kilda from when you've lived here? I have a real fondness for the, the Palais, actually. Yep. I think um, maybe it's because we did around, I think it was around 99, 98, 99, our band uh, opened for Kylie Minogue. We got to, I got to experience playing in that venue um, for maybe, I don't know, maybe 10 nights, two weeks or something. It was just exploring the, the building backstage, seeing yep. the crowd. Uh, experiencing the sound, and it's a beautiful building as it well. It is a beautiful building, yep. Yeah, so I'm glad that's still standing, you know, and being in use. Yep. And so would you say that was your favourite venue to play in St Kilda? Played at the Dogs Bar. That was, the, like, the s- smaller gigs, like acoustic stuff. Yep. Had fun there. And the vineyard as well, some wild vineyard. nights of the vineyard. Particularly, actually, with the Blow Waves. Yep. When the Blow Waves first started around 2006, seven. We used to have some wild nights at the vineyard because <laughs> yep. we'd all dress up in like um, like ridiculous outfits, like mini skirts and stuff and just rock out. Yep, nice. And the crowd was right there on the floor. <laughs> yeah, yep. Which I, I, I like those sort of gigs. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Right in front of the, the intimate venues the are really great like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was heaving, you know, sweat. Yep. <laughs> Um, and you've also been playing um, at Pause Bar, DJing at Pause Bar sometimes. Um, yeah, Pause. Yeah. Yes, of course. Pause. 
I have a relationship with Paws Bar um, for many, many years. Yeah. Yeah. Playing just uh, little duo gigs or solo acoustic gigs, but also the DJ gigs. Yeah. Where I can just do what I want, sort of thing. So, um, of course, I do like 70s and 80s and stuff like that. Yep. <laughs> so it's pretty much like a lounge room party when I, when I DJ there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fun. Yeah, and Matt there has always been really supportive of, of local artists as well. Oh, that's important. Yeah. Um, and any other venues or any other buildings that you'd like to talk about from St Kilda? Well, I love my building that I live in, but I'm not going to say where that is. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> um, ooh. What about a venue to watch other bands play? I don't have a new one yet. A new. I'm hoping for a new venue to, <laughs> to, to go and watch bands play. We'd all like play. one of those, wouldn't we? Yeah, because I'd be there sort of thing, you know. Um, um, and what impact did St Kilda have on you and your music? I think it was just the um, – that sea breeze really does help. <laughs> it's like that fr- sense of freedom, living, living by the ocean, I think. Uh, it sort of relaxes your mind and stuff. And um, also um, I'm thinking about when I first moved to St Kilda, a lot of the people that I met and the sort of music collaborations that formed and friendships that have formed, um, co-writing things, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about Simon Austin from Frente, actually, who I just reconnected with. Yes, But yep. we, we used to, he, I think he moved to St Kilda around the same time as I did. He's in Elwood. Just that sort of thing of just, you know, walking through the leafy streets or, you know, along the beach to write songs with your friends. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people have brought up that you know, the whole thing of making other creative friends and um, collaborating with them and yeah. you know, such a nice area to be able to do that in. Yeah. Um, I used to go and sit and write in cafes as well, just um, sit and write lyrics. I remember for Mavis's third album, I spent so many <clears throat> days and nights just by myself, like observing people and just writing <laughs> lyrics and stuff like that. It's I'm a nice sure. atmosphere to do it in, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure um, the people watching in St Kilda <laughs> would have helped give you some material. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From the sublime to the ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> but those characters, yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm one of them, you know. <laughs> I'm stumbling home at all at odd hours sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> now, I have to ask, um, did the song Happiness have something to do with St Kilda waitresses? Yes, yes, yep. yes. <laughs> that was around that time, actually, when I was um, you create little fantasies about the, you know, the um, bar staff. <laughs> it's one of those um, when you're just lazing around writing songs. That was that was an inspiration for that, actually. Um, and we filmed the video for Happiness in Inkerman Street, St Kilda. Yep, a little TV studio or something. A little studio there. Yep. Yeah, I remember those posters. We had our photos taken with, um, I, th- I think they did sound maybe for film there because I, I knew they did something for Evil Angels, uh, the uh, Lindy Chamberlain film. We yep. had our photos taken with the, the posters <laughs> of Meryl Streep. <laughs> oh. And um, the Mavis' song Wrong Side of Town, um, I read later that um, you, I think yourself and Andy used to comment on how each other you, you lived on the opposite side of Melbourne from each other. Yeah, the that's, wrong side that was another one of those songs. That... I think I was inspired by St Kilda, moving to St Kilda. 
Yep. I actually co-wrote that song with Simon Austin. Oh, right, yep. Um, I remember sitting in his, his, his flat and then I'd lived in another flat in St Kilda. We'd you'd bring guitar, guitars over to each other's places. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure we, we, sure we co-wrote that song together. I could be wrong. No, I think we did. Think to did. look on the liner notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what impact do you think you and your music had on St Kilda? Don't, I really don't know about that as an outsider. But um, I it'll be, it'll be my aim to um, have an impact from now on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you Definitely. have already. <laughs> um, and why do you feel the suburb of St Kilda is so important for live music? It's just got that that hist- that magic and that history, you know. Um, we don't want to lose that, and it's it's own, its own little entity here. We don't want to lose it. There's so many creative people here. People move here because they like the artistic um, vibes, or they're art, you know they creative sorts of people. And we that was kind of the vibe of St Kilda, you know. I, even when I first moved, I first came here seeing bands when I was underage and stuff. I got that that vibe that was an exciting place to be for mu- musically. I, when I saw like Nick Cave when I was underage and um, that band X, um, the Prince of Wales, and it felt really exciting. Yeah. It'd be great to have that back. Yeah. Um, and how has it changed and why? Let's just say that that electricity that was once there kind of needs to be recharged. <laughs> yep. Um, why has it changed? Well... Well, the world has changed as well. I think, you know, with uh, technology and a lot of people not going out because they're on their phones and stuff like that. That's everywhere, though. I think people are getting sick of that and wanting, especially after being locked locked down and stuff, people are wanting more of a human interaction experience. So we might go through a shift and that that will change things, hopefully. Hopefully. And the people that you've met through St Kilda, um, you know, and maybe collaborated with, um, are you still in touch? Well, you mentioned Simon. Are you still in touch with other people that you've collaborated with over time in St Kilda? Yeah, a lot of a lot of moved away. I'm sort of making, yeah, I'm actually reconnecting with a lot of people now, which is really yep. good. Again, because I think with the lockdowns, people are trying to find <laughs> each other again. Yeah. Which is, which is really nice. Um, and getting a little bit away from music, um, how do you feel St Kilda has changed in other ways over time? I just think with the fact that it's it's not a as much an all-nighter kind of place, really. It's, yeah. It used to be, like I said, like a mini King's Cross sort of vibe. That's right. So it's like early to bed sort of, sort of thing. Um, that has changed, you know. Um, so, Matt, do you have any favourite sort of band moments from your time in St Kilda? So maybe some highlights for the Mavises and stories? It's funny that just the, it's not a highlight, it's just a funny moment. I, I, I remember when we first played, would have, would have been one of the first shows we did in St Kilda, upstairs at the Prince of Wales, and um, it was... It was um, playing in one of that front bar sort of thing, and, and we were like just kids from Ballarat, and we were staying in the dingy um, rooms upstairs, and we were running around, <laughs> running around in our pajamas <laughs> through the, <laughs> through the whole building, and we kind of got told off for being naughty. But, <laughs> but I think there's some video footage of that somewhere of that gig. It would have been early '90s, but it was so exciting yeah, and just yeah. running through that building before yep. it was renovated and stuff like that. 
And um, and then, of course, we uh, played recently for our 20th anniversary in that same venue. Yeah, yeah. In the big room, which we eventually um, used to play at when, when the band had a bigger audience. So it was nice to go back to that that big room as yep. well. And um, that was a great gig, actually. It was really wonderful, wonderful sound. It was like a th- our second last gig on that. That reunion tour. So. Yeah, yep. I was there. Yeah. <laughs> it was great, that one. <laughs> Matt, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your St Kilda memories with me. It's been a pleasure hearing about the connections between some of my favourite songs and my hometown, and I can't wait to hear what you're up to next. Thanks, Sal. I'll never forget your face in the audience through our gigs <laughs> <laughs> back in the day, and it's really nice that we're still in touch, isn't it? It's wonderful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. Thank you all for tuning into another episode of Unplugged in St Kilda. Join me again as we continue to reflect on what made St Kilda such an inspirational place for musicians as we hear their favourite moments from the 1970s, 80s and 90s. You're going home in the back of a This podcast was recorded on the land of the Kulin Nation. I'd like to thank the St Kilda Historical Society and its committee for the opportunity to carry out this project and for all their support along the way. The Historical Society does a lot of work throughout the year to preserve the history of our local area and make it accessible for all. Members pay $20 a year to join and receive three newsletters per year full of information and great stories. They have events throughout the year, including local history walks, talks and presentation of new research. See their website, stkildahistory.org.au, for more information. Our local council, the City of Port Phillip, does so much to support the magnificent arts here in St Kilda. A big thank you to the council for their funding in this podcast series as part of their Cultural Development Fund. Thank you for seeing the value of this project and, in particular, thank you to Sharon Dawson for your guidance along the way. We look forward to seeing the other projects from this round of funding come to fruition as well. Sending out a big thank you to the animals for their assistance with the promotional side of this project. The animals are a one-stop shop for advertising, brand building and idea generation and have collaborated with many companies both here in Melbourne and around Australia. See their website, theanimals.com.au, for more. The Unplugged in St Kilda podcast was recorded at Big Ears Audio, 97 Wellington Street, St Kilda. I'd like to take a moment to thank Tony, Adrian, Laz and their team for doing such a brilliant job recording, editing and producing the series and for their professional advice along the way. And last but not least, I'd like to thank my wonderful volunteers who helped me put this series together, all the artists who gave their time for interviews and to you, the listener, for joining me. I've had a great time creating this project and I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you.